All right, uh, why don't we uh, begin here? Uh, it's good to see everyone. Uh, yeah, June already, and uh, it's summertime officially, and uh, we're back. Uh, but uh, today, uh, question and answers number seven. I always never know how many questions we're going to have, but we continue on here with number seven. And today's question is, may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament? And this is a really good question in light of the motivation of understanding our view of the sacrament and how in our view of the sacrament, uh, how it really does dictate this very question. Uh, so why don't we begin uh, with a word of prayer? Dear Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word this morning. Bless us in your word as you grant us growth um, in the gospel. Uh, lead us today in this very word that shows to us uh, of, your, of your abundant gifts that you give by your means. Bless us in your holy name and lead us, O Lord, in your grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. Um... What are some key words here uh, in this question that kind of pop out in a sense of making it more of a thought-provoking answer of any kind? Uh, struggling. Weak. Very good. Um, may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. Um, Okay, so, so when we speak of the proper understanding of the sacrament, okay. Um, and of course, uh, Nancy, you have a, uh, that is ex- absolutely correct in a sense of uh, we must properly understand and have faith in these words. Uh, but even in that faith, when we talk about weak or struggling, what is that kind of imply? Yes. I think sometimes there's an implication of weak and struggling as not being worthy to accept Good. the sacrament when, in fact, they're the ones that need it the most. So this really is think about it. The, th- uh, the issue of worthiness, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. Very good point on, on key right there. Uh, so when we talk about the view of the sacrament... And this very question, may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. Uh, this, is, this, is very imp- this is a very important question in terms of our understanding of the sacrament. It, it goes in both ways, right? And that's what we're going to really dig in today. Um, because a lot of times, as, as, uh, as Dave said about weak and struggling, a lot of it is, a lot of people may say about the sacrament, well, I am weak, I am struggling, so I don't deserve or I don't. I'm not, I don't deserve to go up to the sacrament. Um, and again, it's definitely, it gets back to what our view of the sacrament truly is, right? And what that proper, what is that worthiness? Is it about us? Or is it about something else? And this always goes back uh, to, to our faith in a nutshell and how important it is to understand what our faith is. So, 
Uh, here in Mark chapter 9, good morning everyone at home as well, and for those who are watching on YouTube and those who are watching this later in the week, uh, may this go well with you. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 14 to 24. If someone could read that with a clear and loud voice. Mark 9, 14 to 24. It's in your handout, or you can open your Bible. But uh, uh, someone, if you can uh, read those 10 verses. Yes. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. All right, so, uh, yes, thank you, Marjorie, uh, for, um, for those words here in Mark. Uh, but I believe, help me in my unbelief, or help my unbelief. Now, why is this, what does that mean? I believe, help my unbelief. Like, I believe. But help my unbelief, I believe, I mean, we could say that over and over again, and we, we ask ourselves, what does that really mean? Like, Janice believes, but if she was in her, the, this guy's shoes, it'd be, help me in my unbelief. What, what does that mean? Does anyone have an idea of what that means in those two seemingly opposite uh, paradoxical words? Any, any ideas on that? Yeah, doubt. Okay, all right, good. Uh, doubt. Um, yes, very good. Anyone else? Well, there's always the struggle of the we do believe, but then Satan is trying to make us question all the time. I would say Job. Job would have said it in these terms in his situation. Help me understand. Lord, I believe. Help me understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, and, and, and with Job and, and also what Marjorie said, and also what Don said about doubt and the spiritual battle, uh, Ephesians 6.12, and uh, the warring of the flesh in the world, uh, not with the principalities of the world, but with the forces of darkness, uh, as we know. Uh, what is it about the word I believe? So we believe, but yet at the same time, help me, in my unbelief. So I believe, but yet in the face of my flesh that is still with me, there is a battle that is at hand, right? 
Um, and, and here we see uh, the, the man who had a, uh, a son who was possessed and, you know, he grinds his teeth. I don't know if you grind your teeth, but I do. It's horrible. They're like, the dentist like, you grind your teeth, don't you? I'm like, I do, I do. Um, maybe that's just me. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, does that mean I'm demon-possessed? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I went there. Wow, that's pretty dark. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I do wear a mouth guard, though, you know, to save my teeth because I'm on my last set. <laughs> and I got some fake ones in here already. So uh, my kids ask, why don't you just get dentures? I'm like, uh, not yet, not yet, maybe eventually. Uh, so anyways... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's too deep again. So I believe, help my unbelief, and, and here we see, uh, this, is what we, this is what we face. We all face it. Doubt, honestly, we face. Uh, the temptations that are at hand, again, we face. And at the end of the day, what is he really saying here? What is he really saying in these very words? I mean, th- this is all absolutely correct. But what is he saying about himself in these very words? Help. Help my unbelief. What is that really implying about this man? And honestly, his strong faith. Do you see it? He has very strong faith here. Why does he have very strong faith? He knows where to turn for help. There's the real issue. Exactly, right? Where to turn. See, Dave brought up earlier about worthiness, right? We know what worthiness is in so many different ways. Uh, people think that worthiness is if I'm polished, you know, if I have, you know, uh, you wash a car and it's all waxed up and you cleaned all the windows and now it's worthy to go out onto the lot to sell. Uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, for us in our faith, it's, am I worthy? In other words, we tell ourselves, am I good enough in my own, measured by my own merits and my own piety or whatever you want to call it? Um, Am I worthy enough to come up to the sacrament? Um, And if your answer is, well, I don't know if I've been good enough this week to deserve the sacrament, what is my view of the sacrament if that is what I'm thinking? It's something you do instead of something God gives you. Yes. Uh, it is something I do instead of what God has given to me. Now, when I say good enough, it's different than someone who is, let's say, uh, struggling in sin without any repentance, just living as they please and has no, let's say, the law shows them their sin, but yet they could care less and they're living persistently in sin. That's a different conversation, right? Uh, but here, when we're terrified by what we have done and we have that... Uh, struggle with the law written on our hearts, the words showing our Matthew 1, 11, uh, 27 to 28, um, come to me who are broken and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When the law, the word shows us in this life of faith of our true weakness and struggle, as we said in the sermon this morning about humbling and exalting and least, uh, uh, last and first and first and last, Our worthiness, as we see this word of the man, his great faith, that our faith is in the worthiness of Christ, and our faith is to which we turn. Um, And that, at the end of the day, is what uh, really 
uh, is our understanding of this question. Is the theme of worthiness? Is the theme of what is the sacrament? Um, and, well, where do we turn in times of, of this spiritual weakness and struggle? You know, the legalist in us would say, you just got to do better. You got to be a better Christian, right? Follow the 10 steps and be a better Christian because that's what God wants from you. And then you can come up to the sacrament, right? It's all about us, right? But true faith, as you know, as I always say, it's not you, subject to, not you as a subject to the verb, but rather it is Christ who is the subject to that verb giving you all the gifts, right? Uh, and this is the life of faith. Uh, so we see right here on your notes, as the son was foaming and grinding his teeth, the father did not know what to do. Through struggle, he pleads to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. On one hand, this man believes and relies upon the Lord, yet he cannot stop relying on himself. And this is the tension. He knows, he knows the Lord, but yet he sees the battle. Do you see that in yourself? Like, honestly, do you see how much you trust yourself over God? Do you see how much you depend on yourself more than you ought to admit? I, I could definitely see it in my life, how I trust myself uh, at times more than God as I am my own little God, right? Um, and this is the tension that he's facing as well. But he's asking for help. Because nothing good dwells within him. And the faith, the worthiness of Christ is what shines through. Right? So when we talk about true faith, it is that trust, first commandment, outside of ourselves in the, in the one true God and what he gives. Right? But the question within a question on your notes here, uh, what should I do if I feel no need for the sacrament? Right? So on the, on the polar opposite side, there's the weak and struggling in faith. But then there's others who are saying, I don't, I don't really need that. Uh, what, what are they failing to see if they say those very words, I don't need that? If they have the proper understanding of the sacrament, if, what are they failing to see if they say that's not a big deal? They're sin. Whoa, wow. <laughs> Jeff, I didn't know you were like that. Uh, <laughs> But yet, you're right, right? When you, when you talk about our worthiness and the need of the sacrament, it always goes back to our own acknowledgement of sin. That is a very big deception of the devil in itself, isn't it? Like, the devil could tell Chris, look how good you are, you know? Look how perfect you are. You don't need anything else. You don't need the cross. You're already good with God, right? You don't need the sacrament, right? Uh, How about if anybody says he is without sin, um, he's a liar and deceives himself? That's right, for Sean. That's right. And, and this, is, this is where we go back to, may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. It really does dig out what our view of worthiness is all about in a sense of our, in, in essence, our faith, Right. And here we see the turn of this man who's trusting in God in the midst of his own struggle with self to help him because like the lepers, like all those who were sick and diseased, they needed the compassion of the Lord. They needed the work of the Lord to save them. Now, in this question, what should I feel or what should I do if I feel no need for the sacrament? It says right there, those who feel no need for the sacrament should first put their hand into their shirt uh, to check whether they have flesh and blood. So check if everyone has a pulse. 
I'm not asking your heart rate, but <laughs> you might have a, wait, where is my pulse? I can't find it. You, you know when you give blood? Have you ever given blood? I love giving blood. Um, but they, my veins are so small, they poke me like four times until they find it. You know, oh, we missed it. You know, oh, we missed it. Anyways, uh, anyways, why did I bring that up? So we see right here, our own flesh wars against God's spirit, demonstrating that nothing good dwells in us and that Satan is constantly on the attack as a liar and the murderer. And here, this, this man uh, has got it. He knows what is happening, yet at the same time, in his, in his weak state of his flesh, worthy is the lamb, the one who was slain, right? The lamb, the lamb. And this is Jesus. And that's great faith. You know, the world will quantify faith as what? What will the world quantify faith as? About your measure about how much you have done or how good or how religious you are, right? Our great faith is actually the opposite. It's how great our Lord is in opposition to who we are as the least. And this is where that question continues to make more clear as we dig into what our faith is. That make sense? Um, when we do not know what faith is, this becomes very different. The answer to this question becomes very different. And that is why understanding our faith is very important, because there we see this all too clear, even in the midst of the weak and struggling flesh. Um, okay, uh, so here... At the bottom here uh, from our confessions, uh, therefore, it is appropriately called food of the soul, for it nourishes and strengthens the new creature. For in the instance we are born anew through baptism, however, our human flesh and blood, as I have said, have not lost their old skin. There are so many hindrances and attacks of the devil and the world that we often grow weary and faint, at times even stumble. Therefore, the Lord's Supper is given as daily food and sustenance, so that our faith may be refreshed and strengthened and that it may not succumb in the struggle, but become stronger and stronger. So based on that paragraph right there, uh, what is the benefit of the supper? Is, just, is this just a part of the service that we've done for every Sunday, just because we do it and the altar guild sets it up on Saturday and, and we get it done and, and we're done and then we go on with it? What, what is really happening here? Does any, can anyone describe that to me? What is really happening in the sacrament? strengthens us and nourishes us and gives us the strength to um, resist the, the ways of, of Satan and, the, um, and to cling to the promises that Christ has given us. Yes, Christ's promise is where we find our worthiness. And Christ's promise in the sacrament is what? always having faith in those very words, given and shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? This is the food to which we run um, or walk. <laughs> but this is the food to which we proceed in this life of faith. That as we receive this food, the true body and blood of our Lord, there we live the life of forgiveness. Like There I know that I'm forgiven of my sin. Um, I think the sacrament speaks for itself when we understand it by the, the scriptures. That this is what we feed on, right? It's like the Israelites in the, 
in the Exodus. They, they needed the bread from heaven to live. And we need the bread of heaven, Jesus' body and blood, for the forgiveness of our sins as we continue to walk in this life of faith. Weak and struggling. Can anyone relate to this? Is that just me? I, maybe that's just, am I on my own little island here? I, but weak and struggling, do you ever see that in your life? Is, there, is that struggle real? Yeah, okay. You don't have to raise your hand, but you can nod. That's good. <laughs> good. All right. I'm not, al- I'm not alone. Uh, th- th- <laughs> there is that weakness. There is that struggle. And at the end of the day, uh, as we receive that sacrament, there we, there we consume and there we uh, inwardly digest the very words of Christ for the forgiveness of our sin. And, and this is what gives us the joy in this life as Christians is that we live in the sustenance that he gives to us by his grace through his promise. And yes, may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I definitely hope so. And I know that is correct. Here, here we see on your notes, as I wrote out Matthew 26, 27 to 28 parts of it, just as Jesus died for you, he also institutes the Lord's Supper for you. As he says, drink of it all of you, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So who is the for you? And that is you, right? Um, when we examine our hearts before we come up to communion, as we take conf- confession and absolution at church on Sunday, and we, and, and we examine our hearts, we definitely see our flesh that is at hand. We definitely see our sin that is before us. And there, of course, we repent with these penitential hearts, preparing and receiving the words of eternal life in Jesus our Lord and the forgiveness of sins. Right? Um, I I wasn't Lutheran all my life, so I definitely, communion wasn't a part of the church. I mean, rarely. And when it was, I had no idea exactly why it was done. It sounded like it was a tradition to me. Just, you know, a couple times a year, you do it on the big, the big days of the, the big Sundays of the year, and that's what they did. Um, and again, my question is, why, is, why is the understanding of the sacrament so important in terms of how we proceed in this very question? Um, if I think the sacrament is something I'm giving to God, what happens to this right here? What happens to this question? Like, I'm going up to the sacrament to give something to God. I'm, I'm giving him all glory and honor, and we praise the Lord for all that he has done, of course. But is that what the sacrament is? And the answer is no, right? It is God who's giving you, who are broken and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, the weak and the struggling, the tired and the weary, the ones who are bearing sorrow and, and sin. And there we rest in the gifts that he has given to us. See, I'll, I'll tell you this. The greatest deception of the devil is what? To bring your faith into, into a hallmark sort of way. Does that make sense? Just a lot of general platitudes and spirituality, and if you do just do better, you know, God is good, good with you, and if you just give more glory to him, then, then your life will be better and all these things. But in reality, when we talk about our faith, 
as we talked about in the, in the sermon this morning, this is, this is who we are as Allah shows us. So are you criticizing my precious moments study Bible? <laughs> oh, do they have all those little figurines in there? I love those figurines. They're so cute. Uh, I used to have one of, not the Bible, but I used to have those pictures at home when I was little. But, uh, but yeah, so this is what we're really facing here. And at the end of the day, what does the sacrament give? And that's what changes, again, at the end of the day, your view of church. Everything is about the gospel here, right? Coming to church isn't you checking off the box saying, look, I I went to church on Sunday, I did the Christian thing, God must be happy with me. Rather, no, it's, you know, we're weak and struggling and we need Jesus. We need to hear Jesus. We need to receive him in so many different ways, right? And, you know, if someone was looking at our church, just if there was a avenue of churches that they were looking in the storefront and they were looking at all these churches, what would they see in us? Would it just be, oh, these are good people who are trying their best uh, to get their way to heaven? No. It's a group of sinners that need Christ. And this is the way to which God promised us to be here with us by his very word and sacrament. And this is where our faith is in what he has given to each and every one of us in his word, right? And, and this is so important in the sense of Saturday night. Saturday night, when you're getting ready for looking ahead to Sunday, as I always tell my children, got to sleep early tonight. Why, Dan? Let's just finish the movie. I'm like, we can't. You know, we have, we have church tomorrow. Oh, we have church again. I'm like, yeah, we have church. Um, yeah, and I would always tell them, yeah, this is where God is going to give you his gifts because we're sinners and we need to hear God's word, right? And when they say those very words, my kids, um, I look at myself and I say, that's what I probably say too internally, deep down in my cavernous soul of where that is. Uh, I, I probably say that here and I, you probably say that too. Oh, it's Sunday again. We got to go to church. You might have in your mind, oh, I'm tired, I don't really want to go, or I'm too busy, or I have too much on my mind, I can't go. You know, and that's a struggle, you know. But when we talk about what the sacrament is and what it truly gives by the Lord's institution, Jesus instituted this, and we see the law that is written on our hearts, and we see our sin for what it is, this is better than any filet mignon that you'll ever have in your life. Right? This is better than any food of this world. Because this food that Jesus gives truly does give you the forgiveness of sins and equips you to live your life of faith, right? This is the greatest place on earth, receiving the gifts of God. And there we are forgiven of our sins by his means. And this is the importance of the sacrament here uh, because we know who we are. I know who I am. And man, I, I need to feed on that sacrament every single day. Right? Sunday is just like, it's my, you know, it's my, uh, at least, I get it on Sunday. But every single day as we live in this world, our flesh, the devil, the world, uh, they are warring against us in our flesh. And the answer is God's word as we turn in this life of faith to what Christ gives us by his word in the sacrament, right? So, here we see it. Uh, but those who earnestly desire grace and comfort should compel themselves to go and allow no one to deter them, saying, I would really like to be worthy, but I come not on account of any worthiness of mine, but on account of your word. 
Why is that important right there from our confessions uh, from the large catechism? Why is that important? I would rather like, I would really like to be worthy, but I come not on account of any worthiness of mine, but on, but on account of your word. What does that say about someone's faith? Right there. Yes. And by that very word, the word shows us, convicts us of our sin, comforts us in the righteousness of Christ. It gives these very means through his promise of the, of, of the sacrament, right? And, and that's what's happening. You know, a lot of people will say, and I've heard this before, not here, but a lot of people will say about the frequency of the sacrament. We do it too much. Because and I'm like, oh, what's the problem? That we do it too much. It loses its... It loses its, um, what's the word? Meaning. Meaning or its mystique or its luster. luster. You know, when you, when you play uh, you know, the same game the same time or watch the same movie, you get tired of it and you don't want to watch it anymore. Is that, is that the right? Is that correct to say to lose its luster? Um, that if we do it too much... People won't come because it'll just lose its meaning. Well, if we look at the verse we just had. It, it said, "As we do this daily." Yeah, yeah. Dave, yes. I can remember being in a church in which communion was once a quarter, maybe. Yeah. And I can't conceive of going back to that anymore. Oh, me neither. I can't even. <laughs> you know, I've also been in other. Churches, the Lutheran churches, it was maybe what twice a month, yeah, um, every other Sunday, yeah, and that seems strange. Yeah, yeah, um, and a lot of times the 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 justification for that is if we do it too much, it loses its yeah, meaning or its value. I think in some cases it's a more practical one in which the altar guild just doesn't want to prepare it every week. Now, that's, a, that's perhaps a harsh thing to say about some of those older guilds, but I think it's true. <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and another thing is that it, it takes too much time. It takes too much time during service. Um, but we have a, a lovely altar guild here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, and I love them all. They do such a great job, all of them in this team that they are. Uh, so we're blessed, definitely. Thank you all for being part of the altar guild. Uh, I appreciate you more than you know. Um, but anyways... Uh, yeah, you know, when we talk about the meaning of the sacrament and understanding what that is and understanding our spiritual, though we are saved and redeemed and rescued from sin and death, we are children of God. We still face, until the end of the time, we still face our, th- this battle. The devil le- never stops, right? The flesh is still with us. What, if, we, if we have no need for the sacrament, what are we to do? We are, we are to touch our skin and, and see our flesh and look in the mirror and say, I do need it. Like, I, I need it. Not... Oh, you know, whenever, because we know our sin, we know our flesh, we know what is before us, but yet at the same time, we have the, the remedy, right? We have the answer, and that is our Lord uh, and his word, and that is what we see here um, in, in, um, in this very word, on account of your word. Um, anyways, as we continue, uh, that should be Matthew 11, sorry. Matthew 11. Uh, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That verse right there. I put those in brackets. He invites you, right? But who is he inviting? In in those very 
<coughs> in those very uh, words right there. Who is he inviting? The whole of humanity uh, who was born separated from God ever since the fall, right? That is who he is inviting. So is he inviting you and me, Rob? Yes, right? Uh, And um, this is very important um, because the promise there is what? I will give you rest. You know, during Jesus' ministry, what did he battle with the Pharisees? What was their deal with Jesus? This Jesus comes to the scene, and he's sitting with tax collectors and sinners, all the unholy, unworthy people of the land. There the Pharisees are, so righteous, so good. And um, but yet Jesus is saying, I sit with the unrighteous. I come for the tax collectors, sinners, and prostitutes. I come for those who are sinners. Now, are the Pharisees sinners? Yes or no? Yes, yes they fail to see. They fail to see, uh, well, I don't know each and every one of them, but they, they fail to see their sin for what it really was. And they were stuck in their own works, right? This is the work of God. And worthiness only comes from and is given by the grace of God through his means. Worthiness, forgiveness, life, and salvation is nothing of you. And that is great faith. Right, because I know ourselves. Well, I know yeah, me at least. That's the big thing about the sacrament. Uh, what is the meaning of the sacrament? Yes. Uh, in uh, most evangelical traditions, uh, they they have what they call an ordinational view. It's just going. You're going. Uh, you're trying to make God like you more. So we we are trying to make God love you more, uh, which is not the way they would they would describe it. So we we go we go to have. Uh, Sacrament to go to receive God's love. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we see it right here. Someone can read Matthew 9, 9 to 13 for me, right here. Yeah, so, so again, as we talk about the, uh, the Pharisees and their struggle, those who are well have no need of a physician. Um, that's true, right? But that's also a great deception as well, especially when you're evangelizing or outreaching to people and you talk about Jesus. They always say, no, I'm good with God. You know, I, I, I got the way. I, don't, I know you believe in Jesus, but that's not for me because I'm a good person, and I know that God is probably happy with me, so... But thanks anyway, you know, and those, those are more of the polite conversations that you have <laughs> with people. But, but it's true. It's do we need a physician? Do we all? Who has a, a physician here as a doctor? Uh, it's, that's a private conversation now. But who has a, everyone has, mostly everyone has a doctor, right? A, a physical doctor uh, who takes care of them in every physical need. Um, I probably have a bunch of you might, you might. But the point is, is that they are there to take care of you physically, right? But spiritually speaking, 
What is Jesus saying here? I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. What does that say about not only the gospel, but also the sacrament here? Right? Rob brought up 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He continues on, I think, in verse 10 about we call, we, if, we, if we say this, then we call God a liar, right? Um, what, what does this say about being a sinner or someone who does not see their sin? And this very question of may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament, the answer is actually a resounding yes. Because as we see Jesus in his ministry, he is calling those who are broken and heavy laden, those who are unrighteous. He is calling us because he is telling all people and declaring to all people that worthiness is only of Christ and nothing of self. Worthiness is what Christ gives to you by his body and blood from the fruits of the cross and his resurrection to the institution in the Lord's Supper. This is where your worthiness is. This is where you could be sure and certain that you are forgiven of your sins. Like you're not grasping for other straws, but only on the account of God's word where your conscience rests peaceably, knowing that you are forgiven. And how this does transform your life in the joy of your vocation, right? Like the joy of living your life as a Christian. It's all rooted in what has already been done for you in Jesus Christ, right? And there in Christ, in that forgiveness, you are set free as you get to love and serve those that God has placed in your life. Right? <clears throat> Again, if we have the wrong view of the sacrament and say, this is what I'm bringing to the Lord, your life of vocation will also be different as well. Janice will say, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. This, I got I to check off all the boxes and make sure that I've done enough. I, I went to the sacrament. I went to church. Okay, I did that. Good. God is happy with me. Right? And now I know that I'm assured. No, for us, it's Wow, I went to church and I was fed the word of God, the gospel, confession and absolution, the, the Lord's Supper, rem, the reminder of my baptism, knowing full well that I'm covered by his grace. I don't have to check off the boxes because it's already been given to me in this life of faith, all by the way to which God has promised me in. And as I said earlier, uh, with our children, right? With those that have young children, years are, Jeff, years are getting kind of old now. They're getting older. Uh, and I know Tara has uh, the young ones um, as well is to teach them what, what, our, what church is about, uh, what going to church is all about, rather than just saying we're going to church. It's, wow, we're going to receive the word of God and how joyous that is to hear and receive the gifts of our Lord and his promise. I can't wait, right? And then you shut off the remote <laughs> the night before and say, it's time to sleep. But that, time to sleep. No, no, time to sleep. Anyways, so this is, this is what it's all about here, right? Um, <clears throat> um, the, our understanding of the sacrament really does change the way to which we proceed in our life of faith. Okay, um, <clears throat> I love this right here. Last uh, quote from Large Catechism in your notes. If you are burdened and feel your weakness, go joyfully to the sacrament and let yourself refreshed, comfort, comforted, and strengthened. For if you wait until you are rid or your burden in order to come to the sacrament purely and worthily, you will have to stay away from it forever. So if you think I have, Marjorie has to be worthy first and then she comes up, she might as well never come up because she'll never be worthy enough to think that if I'm worthy enough, then now I get to go this. No, we'll be sitting on the turnstile saying, um, 
When do I get to go in? I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. God is not happy. I, I sinned again. When, when, when is that time? And it will be never, right? So may those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. And that is an absolute yes. We see right here. Uh, uh, therefore, the only ones who are unworthy are those who do not feel their burden nor admit to being sinners. Right? Do, do you understand that? Yes? Um, a person realizing that they're a sinner in culture today, there are certain things that are regarded as sin that certain people do not regard as sin. So how do you deal with yeah, and good question. No, that's a good question. Anyone have a thought on that before I do my usual pastor thing? Does anyone have a have an answer for that? Any thought on that's a great question. I, I think that's a great question. Well, St. Paul in Romans chapter six. If it wasn't for the lie, we wouldn't know what Somebody else's wife because less less likely to murder me in, in, in my sleep. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, anyone any other thoughts on on Chris's question about about sin, about our understanding of sin? What do we what do how do we gauge what sin is? That's a question I think. Well, where do we go for that? Yeah. But there's different interpretations of the Word of God. That's the problem. And honestly, in the churches that you see, it's a struggle. And like, do you not let certain people take communion because they feel a certain way? Or, yeah, I mean, it says in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, those who take it unworthily. Yeah, that's that's a that's a case by case deep question, uh, Chris, and a very good question. Uh, but what does it mean to struggle? What is what is? And we talked about this at Bible. Did we talk about this at Bible study a little bit? What is the difference between struggle uh, in sin versus someone who is persisting in? Sin? What's the difference between those two? The struggle versus persistence. What is the difference? And, well, 
steal. And every time I steal, I feel remorse, but then I go out and I steal again the next day, and then I come to communion and I think, you know, I'm okay to do communion because God knows that I'm a sinner. But it has to do with the struggle in the sense of if I, I just lost my train of thought. Um, that as, as I would steal, if I persist in stealing, then, am, and, I'm, and when I'm asking for forgiveness, am I really asking for forgiveness um, and, and for help to keep from doing it again? Yeah, yeah. So that, that and, and she, uh, Marjorie did a great job with that. But that struggle is real. Uh, humbly submitting to God's word and what it says. We're not trying to re engineer it to our own justification or, or, or you know, try to make it so it is palatable, palatable uh, to what we want it to say, but rather, this is the life of faith. The law shows us what we're dealing with. Um, and, and this is where I think as a church, especially as a church, the visible church, that we constantly are unified in that as we teach the same word together. Because you're right, uh, there is a, a tr- Christianity out there right now that is all over the place. And as a non-believer, if I was a non-believer and I looked at all these churches, I'd be like, what? What are, get your stuff together, guys, because as a non-believer, I don't know what to believe because everyone has such a different, but for us, and that's why teaching is so important before we come into the sacrament, uh, is that we are all on the same page with what the word says. In a sense of the law, but also the gospel, the understanding of the sacraments, um, as we confess in, as a body of Christ, this confession of faith. We all struggle with sin, but in that struggle, we acknowledge what sin really is. God knows your heart, and if you are in that permissive state, he also knows that heart. I, the church does the best it can in trying to safeguard you from destruction that is unworthily taking. Um, but again, you know, that, that, uh, we, we try our best uh, with that. Uh, but again, God knows your heart, and, and, and you continue on um, in this life of faith. Um, all, you know, I think in the comfort of what Christ has given to you um, in his promise. So that's a, that's a good question, Chris. I think if I was in that uh, position of, te- of someone coming to me with that personal question, I would, I would teach them first and teach them what we believe according to the scriptures and, and go from there week to week to see what they view the scriptures as and to take that discussion, but to do it with the spirit of love and compassion and kindness. Um, because at the end of the day, we're caring for souls here, right? We're caring for souls, not in a permissive way, but in a very loving way, telling them the truth uh, and telling them the need of what this is all about. So any thoughts before we close? Yes. May those who are weak or struggling in faith come to the sacrament. The answer is yes. The words for you shows us that Christ instituted this sacrament for weak and struggling sinners like us to draw us to himself and to strengthen our faith in him. And this is the answer. Yes. Um, that is who the sacrament is for, for me and you, right? How humbling it is, but yet how joyous it is knowing that we are given this very gift. I know it looks just like wine that we bought from Ralph's 
or bread that we brought from the online catalog, right? And it is. But by the power of God's word, it's a, it's a life-saving remedy for each and every one of you. And that is the greatness of, of the sacrament and of what the church does, giving this to you. So any thoughts before we close? Yes, Marjorie. understand what it is and what it gives why on earth would you ever want to not have it when you truly understand who you are as a fleshly person and at the same time understand what God is giving there you know that sin is just it's, it's, it's there you know uh, and we know that but yet at the same time as we receive what a great gift this is of the Lord's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins and, and that's the gospel, right? That's the gospel in a nutshell. And that's what we need every single time. Um, and that's why we get together to do that very thing. So, all right. Uh, it is time, five minutes before second service. So why don't we pray? Our dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that uh, by the law, you show us um, our flesh. You show, you show us our sin, but also the need of what you give through your Lord's body and blood. Lord, bless us in this comfort knowing full well you promise to be where you are and there you bestow upon us the forgiveness of sins bless us in this life of faith and lead us under your name we pray all this in jesus name amen amen, amen. All right. have a good day you guys a wonderful week thanks for listening to this bible study presentation from faith lutheran church in moore park california For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.